0: This episode of the Connected Insurance Podcast brought to you by Agency Revolution, the masterminds behind Fuse. Fuse is the innovative insurance marketing software that will increase customer retention, maximize policies per customer. Most important, simply make your clients adore your agency, all without you having to add more staff, programmers or technologists. If this sounds too good to be true, don't take my word for it. Visit agencyrevolution.com and request a demo, see what the new features are. In this episode of the Connected Insurance Podcast, I'm continuing my series of interviewing highly successful insurance agency principals, all of whom have the numbers to prove it. In this case, Mike Alexander. When I summarized my own notes from the conversation with Mike, which I do periodically for my own private clients. I identified nine critical marketing lessons, all of which Mike shared very freely. So if 20% or more annual growth consistently year after year, gets your growth glands flowing, you're going to love this conversation. Speaking of growth, I assume that's certainly part of why you are here. I have a couple of resources that are available to you. Number one, if you're looking for a realistic, credible, proven plan that's been shown to generate up to or more than 30% annual growth year after year. I will be happy to customize a growth plan for you in a one-on-one new revenue conference. All you need to do is reach out to me and I will get you a link and we can have a one-on-one conversation. Number two, if the idea of sharing Openly, what's working right now in organic growth with a small group is a setting that seems interesting to you. And again, if growth is a serious concern for you as an insurpreneur, reach out to me. So if you're interested in either one, a new revenue conference or a private small group Zoom executive roundtable, which I call a ZERT, Z-E-R-T, reach out to me on email Michael at michaeljans.com. Tell me what you want. Reach out to me on LinkedIn. Tell me what you want. Private one-on-one or small group Zoom executive roundtable. I'm here for you. So now without further ado, it's my privilege to introduce you to this conversation with Mike Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. So, Mike, I I've, I've known you for uh, apparently perhaps 20 years. Right. Yeah. Because I I think you just indicated that you have uh, on your shelf you have the contents of the uh, insurance marketing boot camp from 05 in any case and I don't know if that was your 05. first exp- <laughs> there you yeah. go. There you go. The inc- I love it. God, the those bad, those the, were the great. The bad, boy, great the bad boy of
1: insurance. Remember that? Uh, yeah, the old under,
0: bad boy. Yes, I have decided. On your Harley? So, somewhere along the line, I, I felt. Yeah, on my Harley. Uh, I had really sort of had to re- rebrand when I like no longer felt like I could call myself the bad boy of the insurance industry, a little more like an elder. <laughs> so, in any case, yeah, my purpose here is to uh, explore what it is that's made ABM insurance uh, so successful. And also part of what's so interesting to me is how you became so successful when the agency started, not only with humble beginnings, but with really challenging beginnings. So the first thing, Mike, I'll ask you to do, of course, introduce yourself and tell us where you are. But I going to ask you to share your origin story in the insurance industry.
1: Yeah. Uh, Mike Alexander, I'm a junior. My father uh is also in the business. A little bit different type of he he does Medicare, focuses on Medicare and individual health, has for since he started. He has actually been in the business uh about the same amount of time I have. Um in college, I um I start I worked for an insurance company I worked my way through college uh, one of my many jobs was for an insurance company in San Antonio um what did you do just clerk mail mailboy mm-hmm. you know hey mike go get me some coffee hey mike you know do this uh whatever they needed and kind of progressed through that I, I kept getting I, I don't know what I was doing right but just doing something right they kept giving me more responsibilities raises um more opportunity and then it came to a point where you know I was paying for school uh, I was in my final year, and an opportunity came up. Uh, I was recruited to come back to Houston to work for a new HMO. It's called FHP. It's a health insurance company. Really? Um, they agreed to pay for my last year of school, which the stars aligned. I agreed, moved back to Houston. Uh, they paid for my final year of school. I graduated, and um, you know things kind of took off from there. I continued to work for several different insurance companies, United Healthcare. Pacific Air, at well, a company, which is now Aetna and some regionals. And one of the, the things that kept happening in that space at the time was companies kept merging. And fortunately for me, you know, the mergers came with severances or buyouts and they just kept happening. So during that course of time, I was able to save up quite a bit of money, uh, which made, um, which made my exit from the carrier side to the agency side a lot easier and mm-hmm. um, I had a friend, I, you know, on the carrier side, I used to call on agents. So I had an idea who was who was working uh, to working their way out of the business, um, either by wanting to sell or just were disgruntled, didn't, didn't like the business anymore. Uh, and one of my good friends, he happened to be around my age. At the time, he he just wanted to get out. He was getting into the mortgage side. Back at that time, the, um, the mortgage business was booming. Um, everybody recalls what you know that's the the non-standard mortgages they were making a killing <laughs> he was one of them um so i ended up buying his agency um small agency in a small town outside of houston um it was about 400 policies um, he had lost one of his carriers his primary carrier and uh i happened to know somebody in the industry that that had a market and capacity so um it just seemed like a win win and you know hindsight, I would have done a lot of things differently, but um, I wouldn't take anything back because I wouldn't have done it had I not, you know, right. Made that way. And so at the time, and this was back in 2000, there was farmers in Texas was going through a big mold crisis. Farmers was the largest writer of homeowners property insurance in the state, and they were non-renewing all their business here in Texas because of of the, the mold case that happened. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty infamous. Um, the,
0: the great mold rush. Yeah, Texas, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, which was great for me um, because I had a market uh, at the time that was writing where others weren't. Everybody was limiting capacity, uh, shutting down. All this farmers' business was being non-renewed, and I mean, literally, we it was like shooting fish in a barrel. We were writing so many homeowners policies at that time, uh, we just couldn't keep up. Uh,
0: good, with- uh, a good example of um, chaos being an opportunity. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay.
1: Um, Yeah. uh, Anytime there's change in the market, there's opportunity, and I've always, I've always thought that. um, That just happened to be a tremendous opportunity.
0: Okay. Uh, So, so you must be facing a lot of opportunity now, because I know what's (laughs) happening to the Texas property market.
1: Yeah, we'll get into that. Um, (laughs) We'll get into that. (laughs) So, but yeah, that 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 helped tremendously. Um, I'd still had my benefits practice um, that I, you know, I had built up through the various carriers, so that helped sustain. Um, But I I realized that the PNC business was here to stay and it was something that um, I really was interested in um, and I wanted to pursue. So uh, I took it upon myself um, and, you know, my dad gave me an office. Mm -hmm. Um, It was cramped quarters at the time, but it worked. I didn't have, I didn't have any rent at the time. I was able to build up, used all my money and marketing, bought a ton of internet leads, which, um, probably would, I would say would be the only time in history
0: that I would say that internet leads were great. Um, okay. So you're, you're not driving people to go buy internet leads right now. Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> absolutely. Thank you. There's, I just wanted to clarify There's that. a place
1: for it. Uh, you just have Where's to place. And Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that was my, that, that, that was how I uh, attracted business to our agency. Um, and even back then, you know, I was I was always
0: geared in, in marketing. Um okay. Let, I so was introduced let's introduce to you. Okay. So, so I, I actually I counted. I actually have nine Mike Alexander lessons that I want to oh, make yeah. sure we're covering <laughs> on this one. Oh, oh, and, and this is number one. Okay. So this is this is number one, is that uh early y- you made the commitment to market marketing, that you were going to learn it, you were going to have some mastery over it, uh, you were going to grow your agency using the principles of marketing. And in retrospect, I I know, um, you know, back in those days, I was, you know, perhaps the marketing evangelist in the industry. Uh, I know that that was uh, different for most people, that was outside of the skill set of most of the industry. Uh, So I'm curious, what was it that like sort of triggered the marketing bug for Mike Alexander and then how did you, you know, who did you get exposed to and how did you go about learning it?
1: Yeah. So, um, I mean, I've I've always been intrigued by marketing, I guess. I mean, number one, there's only so many friends and family uh, members you have, and, <laughs> okay. And, and as an insurance agent, uh, anybody that's been introduced to the business, that's what you're taught to go out and hit up all your friends and family members, and and you know how painful that is. It, and so you you have to attract other people, and and you have to keep broadening your scope. And there's some there's only so many hours in a day. So you know where you can go out and meet ten people in a day. Uh, I can go out and send a thousand piece mailer and meet you know have a, a fifty opportunities from that thousand piece mm-hmm. mailer. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's really what attracted to me to that. Uh, that being said, uh, as you know, my office uh, was right next door to uh, Don Foreman. Uh, <laughs> okay. So Don was a, uh, Don was a member of, of Michael Jans before, before right. I was. Don, introduced- Don was,
0: Don was an early member of the quantum club, which was yes. kind of my entry point, but he was also an early member of the mastermind group.
1: Yep. 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 He was a, uh, yeah, he was big in in marketing. I, I you know, I witnessed him. He Don was Don. He was a great guy. Um, learned a lot from Don just in in passing. Um, mm-hmm. you know, talking to him. We 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 both worked late. Uh we both worked on weekends. Um, so uh I'd always see him on weekends, you know, he they didn't have they didn't turn the air on in our office building during the weekends and in Texas it's hot. And Don would come out just shirtless, dripping sweat. I mean, he was just working up a storm in that office. And and uh I was too. So I I admired him for that because I thought we were a lot alike in that respect. He uh he introduced me to you, uh, although oh, just, just, okay. just in passing. And uh uh-huh. so uh I think I told you this story. I was in Dallas, uh, and, uh, it was a Dan Kennedy marketing uh, meeting. Uh, and, and I can't recall if it was the Peter Lowe, uh, the, my memory fades me in that respect, but, uh, you know, I, after, after the uh, presentation and you, you end up buying all of Dan's stuff and right. you, you're sitting in line waiting to talk to him and
0: Dan's a closer,
1: right? Yeah, <laughs> He was a closer. He, um, uh, you know i waited in line i was and he was gracious enough to talk to me and you know uh, of course probably because i bought all his stuff but he uh i was telling him you know he, he, who i was what i was doing and you know insurance and and uh he said i needed to talk to you um michael jans um uh, obviously you were a student of his i didn't know that at the time but uh, indeed
0: yes uh
1: so i had don foreman who was next door to me in the office and then i had dan kennedy who referred me to you and i figured man if I get hit by a brick <laughs> in the head, <laughs> written with Michael Jans, <laughs> yeah, uh, I better, I better, I better contact them. So I, I, at that point, I, I signed up for your boot camp in Chicago. Um, went to a couple of them, learned a tremendous amount, but it, it really is—you um, you learn so much, you're just paralyzed. You don't know what to do first. You, uh, I mean, there's everybody had great ideas. Everybody had. Uh, successes but you know when you're starting out you don't want to do anything wrong you don't want to waste money you don't want you know all these things you're you're thinking through your mind but the reality is is if you don't do it you'll never know and I think having gone to the after the first one going back to the second one and talking to the same some of the same people I recognized pretty quickly that they're going to these meetings but they're not doing anything I mean they didn't do anything uh you know i yeah, I'm, I made some bad decisions with some ma- some mailers, but at least I tried, you know. Um, right, right. So with that, um, you know, I think you learn from your failures pretty quick, um, especially when there's money involved. So mm-hmm. um, I did. I found out what was working, what wasn't working, tweaked it, used your um, methods, um, systems. Um, yeah, and continue to refine it to, I got to the point where um, not only was I getting a positive ROI, but I mean, you know, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel and see, hey, this is where I need to be. Um, And, you know, we talked about some of the things that I learned from you first off. Uh, One was, you know, as an insurance agent, we get a license in our state and we always uh, self-impose limitations on that. You know, you think I'm an insurance agent in Houston, Texas. Well, you're not an insurance agent in Houston, Texas. You're an insurance agent in the state of Texas. And in Texas, you have Dallas, Fort Worth. You have Austin, San Antonio, uh, Houston, and a lot of other um, uh, suburbs that surround all those major metropolitan cities. So uh, once you realize that and, and you realize that that is your, your marketing canvas uh, and you pursue that, it, it really does start to change.
0: How did you pursue that? How did that change your orientation to the market?
1: Well, and, and again, and one of the things that you taught, um, which I, I did follow um, early on, and that was the niches to riches. Ah, um, niches to riches. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's. You can't be. You know, you you, you have to specialize. You have to learn um, a niche. Learn what the what keeps them up at night. Um, what their key points are. What you know. You need to learn their language. You know, plumbers talk a certain language, electricians talk a certain language. Um, you have you have to, to know that so that when you're talking to your prospects and your your clients, uh, they think you're one or they know you're one of them.
0: You you are talking so much more like a marketer than an insurance agent. It warms the cockles of my heart, whatever that is. Well, yeah, um, it's thanks to you because I wasn't. I, I didn't. I didn't well,
1: major in marketing. I majored in history and economics. So, okay, fine. Uh,
0: well, guess what? I didn't major in marketing either. But um, <laughs> I I also have an origin story where when times were dark, and I was running the PIA. I'm right. sure I've shared it with you, right? And everything was going. They hired me to turn it around. I didn't realize it was like plummeting it was like falling you know about the crash so yes i i got lucky and was introduced to a mentor who then introduced me to peter drucker right uh no my men- my first mentor was jim cecil okay who uh you uh, know rest in peace he's passed on now but he was jay abraham's top rated oh, outside yeah. speaker okay and he c- could get in front of a microphone and an audience and just Charm everybody, delight everybody, and it was very clear that he had he had uh, an understanding of how to attract the marketplace and to do it in a way that they loved you, right? To do it in a way that they respected you. And I and I went to him afterwards and I said, Jim, I need to know what you know. So, boom, that was my origin story. So in in indirectly Jim Cecil has affected thousands and thousands of, of independent insurance agents Sure. I'm so one of them. yeah you're you're one of them um and so um you uh were at a point where it made sense to you to go from being a generalist writing everything for everybody to a specialist how did you go about selecting the niches that you chose to focus on
1: I yeah, I think they selected me. Okay. You. Well, maybe, um,
0: yeah, did, did they, Were did you already have them like uh, some of them in your book of business and you yeah. knew, and so, so there was resonance and they were good clients and you decided. It, exactly. Right? exactly. Okay.
1: Um, I mean, I looked, uh, you know, I think at one of, one of your meetings or um, uh, well back then it was, I was getting the tapes and um, the cassette tapes and uh, it was, you know, it, Go back and look at your book of business, find out who your ideal clients are, uh, and then find out how to replicate them. That's a good strategy. Um, Yes.
0: Back in the day, I I had cassette tapes and sold them. And then we went through the big transition to CD when I realized most of my clients were driving around in new cars with CD players and sold them. But now… they get it all for free on a podcast.
1: <laughs> we'll still have the cassette tapes too, by the yeah, way.
0: Yeah, right. I th- actually—I don't throw I think, anything away. You don't throw anything <laughs> away. I, I think actually, as I recall, when I moved—not from Arizona to Portland, Oregon, but from Central Oregon down to Arizona—you know, we—I—I I, I just saw no need to keep. I think I sent you maybe some. You did. Some of my Gary Halbert stuff or some yeah, of my Jay Abraham stuff. There you go. <laughs> All right, uh, it's, um, it's good on a on a rainy day
1: like today. I'll you know with if the phones aren't ringing, uh, I'll uh, I'll just go pull something and and peruse through it. And,
0: oh, some of the stuff. Yeah, I mean those are those are the classics. Those yeah, are the classics. Sure. Um, sure. So one of the things that you have mentioned to me is um, plugging the holes in the leaky bucket. That principle.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, uh, we, I had a database. I've always had a database. Um, You buy your list, you buy your, your leads. Um, You know, I was the typical person you would do. You buy your list, buy your lead, contact them and then do nothing else with it. It would just sit in your database. Like it was going to magically produce a a golden egg and um, you know, without any effort or energy, it's not going to do anything. So the leaky bucket, uh, thing was, you, you, you use your use your existing database to uh, to to contact those people. I mean, uh, a lot of times, you know, if I sold a policy, I lost the I lost the customer. Um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go back after that customer. Well, why not? I mean, you had a relationship; they did business with you before. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're more likely to do business with you again um, than than someone new off the street. Why not reach out to that person again? So that's what we started doing. We started uh, a lost soul campaign uh, mm-hmm. at, at your direction. We also had, uh, you know, just sending out nurturing campaigns, uh, not necessarily a, a pointed sales uh, letter or email. Back then it was the drip, the drip uh, email drip. Uh, yeah. But but yeah, just to let them know that we're here. And uh, inevitably, you would always get someone to say, oh, Mike, I was just thinking about you. I have this. New business venture that I'm getting into. I, I, you know, if I wouldn't have sent that, they would have never reached out to me. So um, those are the things that that you start seeing and recognizing that um, if you're not doing it, you're just burning dollars. Or your database is yeah. just sitting there. Right. Thirty dollars. So you there's gotta a, use that.
0: There, there's a gold mine in the database. So you Always. also said so you said something else. You sort of slipped out something else that I, I also consider to be a marketing golden nugget, which is that you bought a list. Okay. Um now to, to marketers, that's something that's sort of a daily exercise is list hygiene, list management. Um, I I recall, oh, maybe 12 or 15 years ago, um, teaching a, not a full day, but like maybe a half day workshop on list management to a room full of my clients thinking I like died and went to heaven. Like, I actually am teaching list management to insurance agents. And, you know, we were talking about list segmentation yeah. and, and um, ranking lists from hot to warm to cold and how to do that. And list purchasing and fields, you know, that you could purchase in a list. It was like, and, and, and I thought, wow, out of, um, you know, 40,000 insurance agencies, I actually have a room full of people who care um, about this stuff. So yeah. And you know may not be as unusual as it was, but I am curious. How did how did you or how do you go about purchasing a list?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I have list brokers that I use, and mm-hmm. and you identify the good ones real quick. Um, mm-hmm. Back then, you know, you you get a list, you throw them in your database, and then you would gauge it on the nixies uh and, and anybody that does a mail list knows what a nixie is and that's the the return mail a nixie uh, yes man <laughs> you you hated seeing those because that's just like burning dollars you know you hated seeing those but yeah but it clean. you had to clean up your database so um when i'd get a bunch of nixies from a list uh, i knew that wasn't a good list um the,
0: the the nixies for folks that are listening that's like the the bounce rate of uh of offline marketing you know the the bounce bounces on email marketing is when they come back to you as a bad email yeah the nixies are bad addresses. they cost more bad yeah (laughs) and it it does cost it costs a nixie costs more than a bounce but it was a really good measurement of the quality of a list okay yeah for sure
1: and uh you know so i I would do that mostly there was the b2b stuff um Mm -hmm. very rarely would i buy an individual um the individual list. I would buy the, um, I would purchase the, the title date, uh, the month. So for instance, someone bought a home, they bought a home in July. Uh, I would buy all the title dates, uh, that were purchased in July and then sell them or send them mailers, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, a few months earlier for homeowners. Mm -hmm. Um, and then try to cross sell the auto. Um, I also went to, uh, one of, one of, uh, one of the quantum club members that I met in in, in Chicago, Ed Cantu, um, great guy, very great guy, very generous with his uh, time and information. He uh, mm-hmm. introduced um, the in the state of Texas there are uh, free lists, and these free lists are right. I mean, I would I would have paid for them. Uh, that's how valuable they are. But in the state of Texas, if you are a plumber or an electrician. You have to have at least three hundred thousand general liability insurance policy uh, with the Texas Department of licensing and, licensing and Regulation, and and that's housed at the state, and the, and they'll give you the list for free. And because they're actual licenses, you know the addresses are. I mean, we have very few mail returns, and you know our our uh, our hit rate is pretty decent on them. You know, you get a lot of small ones, but um, you know it could be a, a just a journeyman that's. Uh, just themselves doing it on the side. Uh, But occasionally you hit a home run, you know, you'll get a, a, you know, a company with 50 employees that, that, that is looking to, um, you know, protect their business. And they, they they get this little postcard from us and they call us and you know, it works.
0: Got it. Um, So uh, you're, it's my understanding. You're still sending out postcards.
1: I am. I'm sending out, I'm sending out 7,000 a month. Um, just postcards to plumbers, electricians, and HVAC technicians.
0: Okay, right on. And um, in addition to that, this is a little bit of a segue. Uh, it's no longer 2005. <laughs> okay. Um, and so you're also um, a an accomplished digital marketer. And I know that you're investing in pay-per-click. Before we dive into that, my segue is one of the things that I, I know that you do is you, you've you learned the principles of keyword, like learning keywords. And I'm curious how you've done that and how that's influenced your marketing.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's been a progression. I mean, it's, it's a baptism of fire for the most part. But I, uh, starting out, I quickly learned that I needed help Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not a digital person, you know, I'm not gonna, I don't have the time to, to spend right. investing, mm-hmm. learning all those things. And it's forever changing. I mean, it changes daily. So you really need a professional that knows what they're doing uh, so that you can maximize your marketing dollar. And I hired a, a firm out of California, interviewed a few of them. I, I went with them because they seemed to, um, well, for sure they were the most uh, marketing savvy. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they talked in marketing terms, um, and, and they proved it. They backed it up. I mean, if they showed me where certain keywords, uh, you know, I may pay more for that keyword. Uh, but you can look at p- paying more for that keyword results in a better quality lead. And I'd rather pay more for a better quality lead, uh, any day and all day. So they, that's helped me refine my. Mm-hmm. Uh, digital marketing tremendously, and um, you know it, it. It really hasn't reduced my cost per lead. It, if anything, it's increased it, but it's made the quality better.
0: Uh, and so the the ROI is better I, by making you, a more a more refined, yeah. but perhaps more expensive investment in your pay per click. Absolutely. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about uh, pay per click, and and here's how I want to dive into that. Um, your, uh, your monthly budget for PPC is substantial. Yeah. So,
1: so last month it was $13,876 is Mm -hmm. what I spent on just on Mm -hmm. pay-per-click. Okay. So,
0: so here, here's what I'm getting at. Like you and I would agree. The last thing we want to do is to have somebody who's never done this before say, oh, I'm going to go spend $13,000 on pay-per-click next month. Right. Yep. Um, and so I, I know that one of the principles you subscribe to is to know your numbers or do your math. And one of the oh, one of the beauties of direct response marketing is that it's there. There's a mathematical element to it. So in other words, you know, for the for those who aren't familiar with the term, unlike let's say brand advertising, where we're attempting to create an image and a relationship with the marketplace that we hope establishes a certain position in the marketplace. And maybe they'll call us, but it's really, really, really hard to tell whether or not it's working or what's working and what's not, or what part of it is working and what's not with direct response. It really is designed to be as measurable as possible so that you can measure the response, um, and you can break it down into the quality of the list. Like a, one list may respond better. One message may respond better. Certainly one market may respond better. And so there's an element of science to that. And so um, I, so if you would, now the, like kind of turn the clock back or go back on the calendar. Now, obviously, you didn't start with $13,000 a month or no. whatever it is. H- how did you go about... Um, your pay-per-click adventure? Yeah.
1: So, well, first you have to ascertain wh- wh- what's your customer lifetime value.
0: Um, Aha. Okay. We, we haven't talked about that. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a good I mean, one. I, All right. That,
1: that's the most important thing. And it's different for everybody, um, obviously. Insurance is insurance, but it doesn't mean we spend the same thing. Our markets are different. I mean, everything's different. So uh, you have to determine what your customer lifetime value is. And that's the magic number.
0: Okay, so let's talk uh, like a very simple formula. Okay, customer lifetime value, one very simple way to calculate it is for, let's say, for a customer niche or for a customer, it's average commission times number of years maintained. Right. And you can determine number of years maintained if you know what your retention is. And I've got, I do have a tool that allows you to do that automatically. So it'll automatically calculate retention and turn it in a number of years so you can do the math very, very easily. Um, Okay. So we're clear on that. Um, So, you know, so let's say for the sake of discussion, a customer's worth $1,000 a year and the retention on them is such that they stay with you nine years. So in theory, they're worth $9,000, you know, of course that's top line, not bottom line and obviously, you know, most agents don't want to spend $8,000 to get $9,000 over the next nine years, (laughs) right? Um, Well, like, generally, how how do you arrive at sort of a comfort level um, uh, 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 comparing, like, your customer acquisition cost to your customer lifetime value?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, as you know, my my customer lifetime value um, is is typically five years. We have Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, about an eighty percent retention rate. Um, Mm -hmm. We're working on it. Love to get it better. It is what it is. So that's that's the number I'm working on. You
0: have unique uh, challenges now with the property market in Texas and the premiums like shooting through the roof.
1: (laughs) Um, So to give you to give you my breakdown, uh, I I pulled last month's numbers. September's thirteen thousand eight hundred seventy six dollars spent on on pay per click. Um, My my cost per lead was two hundred twenty-five dollars.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, I got, I generated
1: sixty leads out of mm-hmm. out of those. We wrote approximately seventy thousand dollars in premium. The commission for that was ten thousand three hundred eighty dollars. We also generated three thousand dollars in fees. So thirteen thousand three hundred eighty dollars was my uh, my revenue generated from that. So it's pretty close to what I spent, but that's not including the my cost of goods. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know my cogs. So I, I, literally speaking, it's about seven grand for that month. So just my lifetime value at five years is fifty-one thousand nine hundred dollars.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, my cost of goods for for the sale was twenty thousand eight hundred seventy-six dollars. So my uh, net profit is thirty-one thousand and twenty-four dollars.
0: Got it. Very good.
1: Uh, and that and that's a bad month. Uh, August August was significantly higher. Um My net. Uh, was double that in August. Ah, okay. So, yeah, you just have to play with the numbers. Um, you just got to know what your customer lifetime value is, um, and make sure that you're. I mean, we're not making money on the first year, obviously. Uh, it's we start breaking even in second year, and then we have you know three extra years of renewals. That's that's you know. Theoretically, yeah, with with, with
0: yeah, with an opportunity to cross sell them, an opportunity Absolutely. to uh, generate more policies per customer, and then also, you know, what you and I have been discussing for a while, yeah. uh, opportunities to increase the customer lifetime value and the retention right. as well. Um, so you know, that's that's a good segue to something uh, another conversation you and I have had, which is grading the quality of clients, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> all, yeah. right, all right. So maybe I'm poking you in the ribs a little bit. Yeah. Here. Yeah. I'm going to go <laughs> run in the closet for a second. <laughs> but, yeah, um, you know, we all have uh, clients that have higher customer lifetime value, you know, clients that are worth more. And then, uh, you know, uh, that means relatively speaking, we also have clients that are worth less. And And generally speaking, Um, business economists indicate that, um, clients sort of present themselves as a whale curve in that, um, the, you know, usually roughly the top 20% generate 130 to 150% of the profit, the middle 60% generate, um, break even and the bottom 20% lose 30 to 50% of the profit. So all the profit in theory comes from the top. Uh, The middle is an opportunity to increase customer lifetime value. And then, you know, generally, most of us have some clients down at the bottom that while they are generating income, they're reducing profitability. So grading clients. Yeah, um, that's. Yeah, that's a project.
1: Yep, for sure. Uh um, pro- and it's it's something that, that you and I have talked about. Uh I've I've taken I've taken baby steps. I mean it's a it's it's something you have to commit to for sure. Um uh because it, I mean, you have to set your parameters and stick to it because you can always say, Oh, well, you know, that's my uh, that's my Aunt Betty, you know, she's gonna be an A, even though she only has one policy. And Aunt <laughs> Betty is calling every other month to check on her rate and make a payment and,
0: and driving the staff crazy. right? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> hard costs and soft costs. Okay.
1: Yeah. I may have to call in here in a second. I think my headset's about to die.
0: Oh, okay. If it does. Yeah. Let me know. All right. Um, and so uh, here's uh, one more marketing principle that I know you have taken to heart, which is the principle of social proof.
1: Yeah. So, um, We've done a lot of things with regards to social proof. Obviously, the testimonials that we get through Google, through Facebook. Um, we also did some videos that were uh-huh. uh, that were beneficial. Uh we put them on our website and we um we use them in our marketing efforts.
0: By the way, when I see your phone pop into Zoom, I will let you in so you'll have two points of entry. <laughs> there we it, go. It <laughs> You're in now. Is there echo? Yeah, echo. we're good. You we're good. Um,
1: yeah. So the social proofing, if you look at my uh Google
0: mm, review your Google business page, yeah. yeah, I think we have like
1: 120, maybe 130. We give our staff $25 for every positive uh testimonial, so they have an incentive to do that,
0: yeah, okay. Um, and then you do you, I presumably, you use them in your direct mail as well, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And you said video. How did you go about getting video testimonials from your clients?
1: So I hired a videographer. Uh Um, They did some, they followed us around for a bit. Yeah. And then I had some key customers come in and uh, film a video.
0: Before I forget, this may go back some years as I, I, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This this may go back some years, Um, but I know you did a direct mail piece. I call it the magic letter or um, in my when I taught copywriting, I called it the faux official marketing template where you had a, a letter that you got approved by the insurance commissioner that had the star of Texas on it. And I think it had some very official sounding language. I'm curious if you'd share that story with us. Okay.
1: So I sent out a letter, had the Star Texas. It was a little bit different, it wasn't official. Um, It just basically said, Our records indicate that you do not have your insurance uh, with our agency. You know, it was in pretty official (laughs) looking paper and Mm -hmm. envelope and the people were calling. They thought we were. They were calling the state of Texas, and they were very upset. <laughs> okay, um, I, you know, I have insurance. You know, you you look up your records, and it it, it got to the point where we had to. Uh, I my uh, staff, they're like Mike, stop sending that out. <laughs> we're getting killed. Hey,
0: we we, we all, all every marketer has stories that they sort of look back at and only have to laugh at because. We may, may never want to do them again, but yeah, <laughs> it did get a response. Yeah. I got a
1: response. All right. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's one of those things that, that that almost worked too well. Uh, you know, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, and, and, trust me, as many mail outs have I done, I've had a lot that, that, that failed, um, the RRI didn't work out and, um, you know, you just, you keep refining and refining until you either, it either works or it doesn't, but, um, uh, mm-hmm. When it does work, you know, like my electrician and plumber's postcard, I've literally used it for probably 10, 15 years.
0: Seriously. Uh,
1: Yeah. 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 Um, And it still works.
0: Yeah. Okay. That, that is the, um, that's every marketer's dream. You know, like uh, Gary Gary Halbert's, Gary Halbert's, uh, you know, famous sort of maximum, you're only one sales letter away. Um, And, and the dream is, oh, if that sales letter would only last for, you know, more than a year or something yeah. and you you've had th- those are classics if they can last year after year after year evergreen yeah. marketing evergreen There's- for sure yeah nothing we, like it's,
1: it it's uh i mean we change the testimonials on it we will we'll change it a little bit every once in a while but uh it, it's the same core piece and uh it generates yeah. it's predictable as far as the response it generates mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um i have it well i take that back i did i did have some some uh uh, bad months. And that was all around COVID. Right. Uh, but that is the only time those postcards haven't haven't uh, produced a positive ROI.
0: Yeah. Okay. So Mike, in retrospect, uh, you know, over the years, uh, other than times where let's say COVID or personal crises, you, you've had a consistent 20% growth rate. And frankly, that can be a challenge in a market like where you are. Uh, you, you know, you, I, I, I know the state's I, I know the insurance market in, in the 50 states in this country and I know that Texas has some really unique challenges and yet you've consistently because I think because of your commitment to marketing and really understanding some of the principles that we've discussed here and choosing to execute and being committed to productivity, uh, y- you've had a you know year after year of success, I mean basically 10xing your agency. The, the, the one other thing, that I'm going to ask you about, um, this, and I don't mean this as a shameless plug, but why not? You've been a consistent member of our mastermind group and, um, have, uh, have been a contributor to it and a participant in it. What is it that, and how is it that you get value? Why is that important to you? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, uh,
1: I think Michael Jordan, he's great, right? He needs a coach, doesn't he?
0: Yeah.
1: Everybody needs a coach. I don't care who you are. Uh, you, you could be the Michael Jordan of insurance. You still need a coach. You still need somebody to bounce ideas off of, to, to help make you better, uh, because nobody's ever the best, um, at, at anything and everything. Um, and with the mastermind group, uh, yourself included, uh, you know, all those guys, we sit around, We share ideas, um, and, you know, and openly and honestly, um, I mean, there has never been a time that I've gone to the mastermind group that I haven't taken something back with me, Mm -hmm. uh, and implemented it and, and, and been successful because of that. So yeah, absolutely.
0: You know, uh, I look
1: at Mike Matheson. I remember, boy, I, I was witness to him just blow up, um, and you know, if, if you ask Mike anything, hey Mike, let me see one of your contracts, or hey Mike, can you share this with me? He'll be the first one, uh, you know, sending it out to you. So, uh, you know, forthcoming with whatever he can do to help and in, in your success as well. Yeah, okay,
0: the relationships matter. Well, yeah, when you say Michael Jordan, I, I started my Direct marketing career, my insurance marketing career when Jordan was still playing, and yeah. some of my clients called me MJ, which actually yeah, yeah. meant something back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> still does, still does, yeah, still does. He is the GOAT as He's far as GOAT. I'm concerned. Yep. <laughs> all right, well, um, Mike, I'm going to uh, first of all, I want to thank you for very generously sharing your insights and your story and frankly, the secret to your success uh, and congratulate you. Uh, so, th- yeah, thank you a ton. And um, in a moment, I'll open the lines up for questions from or comments from anybody in the audience. But first, thank you so much for being so generous and no, all around being a thank great Thank you for person. your
1: help uh, all over the years. Um, certainly wouldn't have been here without you. I, I promise you that.
0: Well, that's very kind of you. I appreciate that. All right, so um, somebody, somebody's yes. asking if I have a
1: system in place for winbacks and and uh, I didn't touch on it but
0: uh, ah yeah okay let's go for one of the yeah. things that I
1: I try to leave as little possible to uh, human touches as I can so we try to automate everything in systems I use a system called entreport uh, which is an automated response marketing system so mm-hmm. uh, when we have a client that leaves us for whatever reason, Uh, Unless it's somebody that we don't want back or they moved out of state in a state that we don't do business, um, they're getting hit from us, um, you know, saying we want you back. Um, They get hit in a nurturing campaign um, 12 times a year. And then they also get follow ups when they uh, come to their anniversary of leaving us uh, 60 days out, 30 days out, and then 15 days out.
0: Okay. Got it. Uh, Hopefully that answered somebody's question does anybody else let's see we might have a hand raise here i thought thought i saw a hand raise but now i don't do you have any more questions on your end there mike these anybody chat you a question no that was the only one i had okay the only one i got too so if anybody last call here we go Uh uh-huh um can you share the postcard so yeah joe joe is a mastermind member so
1: it's not uh there's nothing rocket there's no rocket science here i'll post it if you want it uh again i'm i'm not i'm digitally challenged so
0: or you know what if if you can't mike if you send it to me okay i'll share it i'll share it okay yeah sure yeah let's do that all right joe great question um boom Let's see. I think that is it for questions. So thanks everybody for joining us today. Mike Alexander, we will talk to you very, very soon.